0: I'm Marianne Kolbisek-McGee, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking to Phil Curran, Chief Information Security and Privacy Officer at Cooper University Healthcare in Camden, New Jersey, which includes more than 700 physicians and a hospital that's the clinical campus of Cooper Medical School of Rowan University. Phil will be discussing with us how his organization gathers cyber threat intelligence and the challenges involved. Hi, Phil. Hi, how are you? Good. Thanks so much for joining us. Now, as a healthcare CISO, what are the biggest challenges in gathering cybersecurity intelligence and making sense of that information?
1: The biggest challenge I have is the vast amount of resources that we have available to us in gathering the data. There are just so many resources out there that it's hard to keep track of those resources and the information that they provide. If you look at it, it could be an all-day part of your job, just gathering that, that information and then doing the analysis to make that into actable intelligence.
0: So now you mentioned that there's so many resources out there. What sorts of sources do you depend on for cybersecurity intelligence? For instance, do you work with or rely on outside information sharing organizations? And if so, what kinds of organizations?
1: Right now, what we've started doing is we're using one of our main feeds is the high-trust cyber threat document that they produce on a daily basis. Any healthcare institution can sign up for free and get a free daily intelligence guide that lists various threats that are out there. In addition to that, we also look at the multi-state information security analytics center. Then there are various RSS feeds, for example, Microsoft, HelpNet Security. Cisco, all of those feeds allow us to gather data.
0: Do you use any security information and event management or SIM tools or any other automated tools to help identify and sort through and manage these threat alerts, and why?
1: Currently, no, but we do have a contract in our legal department for a SIM. The biggest reason for us not having a SIM up until now is actually the cost of the SIM and getting it in, getting our senior managers to pay for the capital cost versus a new PET scanner or a new MRI machine. So we finally got the capital dollars. The contract isn't legal. We should have something in place by the end of the year.
0: Phil, you brought up a very good point, and this is a challenge for many health organizations. How do you get senior management, senior leadership to understand and to sort of get the buy-in when you need security related tools and technologies to help do your job?
1: We do a risk assessment. Our business leaders understand risk. They, on a daily basis, they make decisions based on financial risk, based on marketplace risk. What they have a hard time understanding is information risk until you put it into a risk assessment format that they would actually understand. So that's done and they, based on that risk assessment, they provided us the capital dollars. They understood what the risk was versus, versus a different piece of hospital equipment and decided to spend the dollars on that SIM system.
0: So now, you know, as you mentioned earlier, healthcare organizations are constantly faced with new threats and new alerts, whether they're related to new malware, hackers, inappropriate record access by insiders, cybersecurity issues involving medical devices, and a whole bunch of other issues. How do you prioritize and address these threats and alerts, and what tips do you have to offer to others?
1: Well, we've always used a risk assessment process to make a determination as to whether we need to actually react to a risk and prioritize how we're going to do that. So when we get an alert or when we get a warning, the first thing we do is we look to see if that, if we have any hardware or software that is actually affected by that alert. If we don't, then we we don't have to react to that. If we do, we take a look at the alert, make a determination as to the likelihood and the impact that we have based on the controls that we have in place and then make a determination on how soon we need to mitigate that risk. And it can go from where it needs to be done right away or it can wait to our normal monthly maintenance schedule. So essentially, we follow a very systematic risk assessment process to determine whether we need to react to a warning.
0: How big of a team do you have working on that on a daily basis, and what sorts of roles do these people play?
1: We have two, myself and one other person. The one other person, she is a senior information assurance engineer. She is the one that is primarily doing the technical analysis as to whether we need to, um, what the impact and likelihood is of a particular Threat and whether we need to and whether we need to mitigate that that threat right away. She'll then coordinate with our IT department and the business owners to communicate what needs to get done. So it's just me and her.
0: So you're on the front line then all the time.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Wow. So now the Department of Health and Human Services in the spring, along with High Trust. Conducted a mock cyber drill involving several health sector organizations. And among the lessons that were learned is that health entities in general are reluctant to share cybersecurity threat and other information with each other out of fear for liability issues and other concerns. Any suggestions for what could help healthcare entities be more willing to share cyber threat information with each other?
1: I think one of the first things that that we need to do is is to begin to trust each other. We may be competitors in, in certain areas, but we also have the same objectives, and that's to protect the patient and to protect the institution. So if I become aware of a threat that I think other hospitals need to be made aware of, I will forward that information to them. If it affected me and someone asks me whether uh, what, what I did to mitigate it, I would share that information with them. I'm not reluctant to put it out there that we were affected by a threat, but my concern is that there would be other people that could become aware of that, other malicious people that could become aware of that. So we'll do it if Someone asks us
0: So is part of the reluctance sometimes for health organizations to sort of share this sort of information is that it's sort of advertising maybe a vulnerability that someone else might want to take advantage of or what other sort of concerns are there?
1: For me, it's that someone else would know that we might have a vulnerability For the majority of the other people, I believe it's a legal concern, especially if they're in the throes of some investigation from the Office of Civil Rights from whatever state agency or other federal agency that is investigating them, they may not want to share that information. The biggest problem that I have with not sharing information is that someone else's, how they solve that problem could help another institution.
0: So now, Phil, overall, what do you think are the biggest emerging cybersecurity threats that the healthcare sector needs to be paying more attention to?
1: I'm not sure if they're emerging threats, but... They are threats that I see healthcare institutions dealing with a lot just based on the reading that I have been doing, and those would be the advanced persistent threat, mobile device management, and the insider threat. From an insider threat perspective, we continue to see more and more stories of employees or, or representatives of an institution using data in an unauthorized manner, uh, selling it trying to set up identity theft rings, et cetera, et cetera. The mobile device issue is always going to be there. We have new applications. We have new devices. We have, for example, at Cooper, a lot of our physicians want to be able to access our electronic health record on their iPad or their iPhone. We have to figure out how how we're going to do that, and of course the advanced persistent threat is always there. There was just a uh, institution that they had some malware on their system, and it was sending out protected health information. So how do we identify that? What do we need to do to prevent that from happening? So those are they may not be emerging threats, but those are the biggest threats that I have seen in the research that I've been doing.
0: Thanks, Phil. I've been speaking to CISO Phil Curran. I'm Marian Kolbusek mcgee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.